Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good to be back here again. Last year, really enjoyed the time sharing with you. Um, and good to be back again. The seminar yesterday, you've got some great keen people who really interact and get hold of things and truth and see how it works out and implications of it. So you've got some great leaders amongst you and encourage everybody else to be involved in those leadership schools when you have them here as a church. Um, yes, I am... Uh, the Australian Missions Director at this stage, after uh, pastoring for 30, senior minister for 37 years or so, um, thinking, well, and then I, as I hand, decided that it was time, and really felt in God it was time to hand over the church, I then went through this thing, what have I done? <laughs> I'd announced to the church that it was to happen, it was a 15-month transition and so on, what have I done? And then God just really, um, I just had to come back. Okay, God has always had something what he has for me. If I've done, taken a step, it's in line with what he said, he will work the rest out. I took a year to clean up all the files in the church and uh, write the, sto- the, first, the story of the first 30 years of the church, riding the wave. And then, totally out of the blue, as far as I was concerned, was um, I was asked to become the Australian Missions Director. And we've been involved in missions, but never thought of taking on those sort of roles. And I think I've 12 or 13 years or something other now that I've been involved in that. But God always has things in front of us. And what I wanted to talk about this morning is open doors. Um, God has opened doors before you as a church and before you individually. Um, Just think of Paul in prison. God's always got open doors for us. Paul in prison. There in Rome, imprisoned. Well, his burning passion being to move around and plant churches from city to city and so on. Here he is locked back in prison. How do you take that? That finished everything? No, it was an open door for Paul. He had time to write the epistles. And not only did he do that, the guards that were there to look after him, he witnessed to each one of them so that everybody in um, a palace had heard about Christ. It was always an open door. It seemed outwardly it was in, he was imprisoned and locked up. He was in prison physically, but he wasn't locked up. There's always an open door to move forward and have increased impact. Now, we've had plenty of lockdowns and lockups and whatever else we've had with COVID. You didn't have quite as much as we did in Melbourne, but <laughs> it's been pretty bad. But I've noticed, I've had to check myself, and I've noticed with other people too, many of that mentality is shrunk. 
because of all the lockdowns. And I don't think there's not so many opens, openings before us. But as far as God is concerned, he always has open doors for us. And he has open doors specifically for you at this time. Um, when we're facing open doors, we can um, look and not see, not see the opportunities that are there. Or we can see and we can make two, one of two choices. The first one can be like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. He'd just been before that, he'd seen himself as a man of unclean lips um, and woe is me. But then God spoke and, and he said, um, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah's response wasn't, oh, not me, Lord, I'm not good enough. It was, here am I, send me. That's a brilliant response, a positive response to the open door that was before him. Here am I. I'm available. Just say the word and I'll go. On the other hand, we can be like, a bit like Moses, who was given an incredible opportunity, an incredible open door. And we find in um, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, uh, the Lord came, this is the burning bush, uh, just as Moses had turned aside and looked at this burning bush, and thought, oh, this is pretty interesting. And then God spoke to him. He said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the, all the ites. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here is an incredible open door set before uh, Moses. Great opportunity. But we find Moses' response. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm no good. I'm not good enough to be able to do that sort of thing. That's a fairly common response. I'm not good enough. But God always has a provision for our inadequacies. We may be aware of our inadequacies, but God always has a provision for us. God said, I'll be with you. It will be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship me on this place. Who am I? I'm no good, but I'll be with you, says God. You may have an open, well, you've got open doors in front of you. And you can look and say, but, but I couldn't do it. I'm not good. I'm not adequate for it. And God says, I'll be with you. I'll enable you. Well, that wasn't sufficient for Moses. Verse 13, he said, but suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? You've you, you got to listen to me, God. You know, I'm, not, I'm not the one for this job. God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So what Moses is saying is, um, oops, I don't have the authority. Who am I? I don't have the authority to go. I'm nobody. Even though I was raised in the palace, I've been 40 years out wandering around following these smelly sheep. Um, who am I? Because I'll be with you. Then um, chapter 4, verse 1. Moses said, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Well, what if they say, Well, that wasn't God that spoke to you. And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Staff. Moses said, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and became a snake. He ran from it. And the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it. I'm not going to take that, that snake. <laughs> reach out your hand and take it. So Moses reached out his hand and took hold of the snake and turned back into a staff. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of Ab the fathers, their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. You see, they won't believe me. I said, I've got a provision for it. Every excuse you've got, I've got a provision for it. And then um, in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, well, oh, pardon your servant, uh, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. I can't speak well enough. I'm not good enough to do the job. God said to him, Who gave the human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you to speak and teach you what you're to say. Not adequate? I'll be with you. I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what to say. Then we get, well, Moses, he, you know, four excuses. Surely, God, you, you'd listen to me now and give up. This is not the job for me. That door, you might think it's open, but it's, it's not for me. All the excuses, but every excuse, God has a provision for it. Then we get to the real issue. Verse 13, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, but please send someone else. I don't want to go. You ever said that to God? I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. And God says, okay, I'm sending Aaron, your brother, with you. He can speak well. He'll speak. And you'll give me, I'll give you the words and you tell them to your brother and he can speak it out. Remember, Aaron caused a few problems later on. Who made the golden calf? Maybe you don't need Aaron. You need to respond to God and say, yes, okay, Lord, I give in. I'll go do what you say. Um, God has open doors for you. You'll be like Isaiah and say, yeah. Here am I, Lord, send me. Or will you prefer to be like Moses, full of objections, why it can't be? 
I used to think, as a young, younger Christian, passionate for God, but thinking, well, if God wants me to do something, but what if it's not nice? What if I don't like it? And I struggled with this for a time. And then I came to Romans 12 too, that the will of God is always good. I can say, yeah, I know it'll always be good in the long run. But what about now? Always good. It's always acceptable. But it may not, it may not be acceptable to me. <laughs> because is it always acceptable? Always good, acceptable, and perfect. You never need to be afraid of the will of God. I went through, certainly went through my time of questioning whether I would want, want the will of God. Would it really be good? But I've said many others over the time, think, well, it might be something nasty that God wants. You know, like send me to Africa. Well, we've been to Africa since then. <laughs> but whatever God has, you never need to be afraid of what God has for you. The doors that God opens for you, they're always good. They'll be acceptable to you. If you've got a heart open responding to God, they'll be acceptable to you, and they'll be perfect. I've lived, I guess, for a long time with the thing of, okay, if God opens the door, I'll go through. In fact, I came to a position where I said, if God opens anything, opens the door, I'll go through with his enabling. It's amazing where it gets you. Started off with um, in Laverton. I'd come back from university in New Zealand and uh, back home in Williamstown and got involved in a small AOG in Altona. And they wanted to start an outreach in Laverton in the housing area that was there, uh, the North Laverton. It was the one when they approached me. So we got to work and we had about 100 kids in the Sunday school in no time. Door, open, go through. We did. A, years, uh, a year or so later, when Lois and I got married, um, we were moving from Williamstown down to uh, Warrigal with the Department of Agriculture. And that youth group wasn't going so well. After a while, we'd handed it over. It wasn't going so well. So from Warrigal, we ran a youth group in Leverton. That's 70, 80 miles. <laughs> down there, straight after work, every Friday night, down there, back home. Uh, late at night. Couldn't do any follow-up with it. Group, because the group had sort of deteriorated somewhat in the few months that we were out of it. And so we raised the standard and the numbers dropped off. <laughs> and I came to a point of saying, well, God, what's the point of us going all this way every week? For these kids, a few kids. What's the point of it? It's a, it's a door. Keep going. And over the next few months, we saw that thing build again 
Um, and it wasn't because of all of our follow-up or anything like that. It was we just ran a good meeting each week and got the kids praying and believing God and so on. And it went forward. That's actually the start of what became the Southwest AOG in Leverton, wherever somewhere it is. It became a great church. And what was out of that small youth group that became. In Warrigal, we, we got involved with the CRC in Maui that had just begun. There were home groups all around Gippsland in that, sta- in, those stage, in that stage, early 70s. And there was, I think there was six of us that could take five groups. Often I missed out. And I would come to the newsletter each Sunday to check who was leading which, which groups. Not on this week. Okay. Not on this week. Oh. And then we, next one, Yarram. Now, Yarram was well over 100 kilometres away from Warrigal. Go down there for the night and come back. But there are there openings, there are opportunities. Uh, and there is this thing of looking at the newsletter and not being there. I remember coming to the point of saying, okay, God, if you don't give me an opportunity, that's all right. If you do, I will do it to the best of my ability. Every opportunity you got. If you don't have the opportunity you think you should have, just respond to God and give it to God. When you do have the opportunity, do it to the best of your ability. Put your heart into it. Then it's only a couple of years and we were planting the church in Warrigal. Sent out from Maui, plant the church there. The first couple of years, the church didn't grow, <laughs> but I did. I learned a lot <laughs> in those first couple of years. Then the next three years, we saw the church really start to expand. On our fifth anniversary, I said to them, the church, I believe God was opening up to us where Skip's land. Now, we could have, we had 7,000 people in Warrigal and there's a couple of, two and a half thousand in Druin. That was plenty of, plenty of area for us to reach through, but... We were always starting to look for what, what's God, where's God opening a door? Where's God moving somewhere? And I said, I believe God was going to open up West Gippsland to us. I thought that was going to be Pakenham. Another two and a half thousand in those days. But within a couple of months, we were in Narry Warren, the edge of the, what at that stage was the edge of the suburban area. We started a home group there. Six people. That was about November. By February next year, we were running 20, 20 plus. It was one neighbour after another got saved. Now, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't taken the step, which was a little, little, it was one very shaky couple that started coming to Warrigal. We saw an opening. Okay, let's go. God opened the door, given an opportunity. We took it up, and it was amazing what God opened up from there. That's the beginning of Southeastern Christian Centre. We just kept taking openings. So back in Pakenham, we saw opportunity there, so we planted a church there. Um, Seaford, the same. We had people coming from that area, and we planted a church there. Um, Cranbourne, 
Again, opportunity. We had a few home groups there. to plant the church there. That's um, Turning Point Church these days, which is having a very significant impact, not only in Melbourne, but um, Phil Kaiser, the pastor of that, came in from Leangatha. He's, he's three months in Africa at the moment. Um, taking up opportunities, opening the doors that are there, is taking up opportunities, opportunities. Now, God has door, open doors for us. Now, some of them will be ones like this. Some seem much smaller, but they're still, they're still significant and important in the purposes of God. Um, so, Wherever God has an opportunity, God opens up an opportunity. Don't ignore it. Don't forget about it and say, well, oh yeah, somebody else can do that. Yeah, that would be good if somebody did that. If God's showing you, maybe it's you that he's speaking to. Take the opportunity. Now, it may be witnessing to a neighbour. You can say, oh, well, that's there. They're there. They've been there for years. That's it. Well, wait a minute, there's something going on there. Let's follow it through. I've talked, I've illustrated with some church planting and expansion and so on. And our work in Cambodia happened the same. We just went in there and started feeling around and got open doors. Africa is, that's what's happening. We went in there and then I got Phil to go in because he was far more able and capable than me for that. And... We've met, he's, he's there to go through 13 nations at the moment. They're all identifying as CRC. As far as the Africans are concerned, CRC is, in Africa is bigger than the rest of us altogether. Um, but it's taking doors open. God has opened doors in many places. And even if you think the doors are closed, give it a knock. Maybe there's a little crack there. Give it a push. Yeah, sometimes nothing will happen. Okay. Not an open door. But it's amazing how often there are, the opening is there. You give it a little push and it opens up. Amazing things happen. Yes, it'll take effort. Yes. Hard work. Yeah. It's exciting. It's amazing. Lois was sharing yesterday, we, we, saw some, we had some Russians come into um, well, Southeastern Christian Centre in those days, uh, a few years ago, and so nobody was really picking them up, and they were the sort of people that were passionate and keen, they'd have gone somewhere else if we didn't grab them properly. So she had it very much on her heart, and I responded with it. We started a home group with them. There was, I think, it was about six people in the first week. And we just shared with them. The next week, they'd invited a few more. And it went on. That, we built that group over the first year, then multiplied the group and so on. We've had a couple of multiplications that have come to an end. We've got three solid groups at the moment functioning out of that. They're all hybrid groups, um, part online and part in person. We've got a few people in Queensland that are relatives that have got involved in a good church up there, but they're still part of the home group um, online. And we've got people that 
for various reasons it's not practical for them to be able to come, but they're joining online. And I think it's great what you're doing. What's Biragara, yes. And God bless you, the people there. God's given you an open door and it's going to expand from where it is now. But it's taking up the opportunities that God has put in front of us. In Revelations chapter 3 and verse 8, God speaks here about the church in Philadelphia. It said, I put before you an open door. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, there are many open doors beyond before us, many opportunities before us. But there are many obstacles as well. What do you look at? The obstacles or the open doors? Very easy to look at the obstacles. Moses looked at all the obstacles and said, I'm not good enough, I'm no good, and can't do it. God's always got a provision for your obstacle. And he will enable you. You've just got to be prepared to step through. You'd say like Moses said, God, thanks, it's a big job, but you're with me. I'll do what you can with excellence. I'll do it with your enabling. It's time to stop focusing on the obstacles and step into God's open doors. Time to say, yes, Lord. Open doors before us, new areas of responsibility, new ministries, reaching out to people at work or neighbourhood. Somebody's saying, well, somebody should pray for that sick person. You've seen it. Guess who? It's not the pastor. <laughs> See the need. God, Lord, I look to you for your enabling. Go do it. New outreaches. No excuses. Time to surrender the excuses. And time to break free of that locked-in thinking that has come through COVID. And lock us in. Lock down. No. We've got a God who's bigger than that. Time to expand. And I think it's fantastic taking the initiative of an online outreach Sunday morning. Fantastic. God bless those people that are involved in that and you are supporting and praying for them. Um, fantastic. There's many more of our opportunities, whether it's on an online thing or whether it's in person or whatever, but always be looking for the opportunities before you. And as you do that, you'll see God's hand at work. And it's amazing where he takes you. Quite incredible, quite amazing. I look back over my life and say, okay, taking the thing, well, Lord, if you open the door, I'll go through. You never know where he's going to get you. But you'll find somewhere good. And I look back and see, well, it's, many people have been impacted and blessed. Has it been perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> Has it all been, everything we've done been good? No. <laughs> but the impact of the whole has blessed many people and released many people. 
I really sense that there are uh, people God has been speaking to here. And it's not, not just this morning, but God's been nudging you for a time. And just to, be, to step out of just where you are, out of your comfort zone, out of the area where you just feel safe and secure. God's stirring you. He's put things in front of you, but you've been pushing it aside. God's wanting you to stay, take a step, start to move forward. Break free of the thinking that, no, no, we've got to be restricted, we can't do. Yes, you can do. If God is with you, God will enable you. He's there. And so, I, I sense there are a number of people here where God has really been speaking to you about taking steps forward. There's open doors there that you've been holding back. Now's the time to say, yes, Lord. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'll take the steps. You take the first step, it's amazing how God enables. God helps us. So could we stand? If you are aware of God's been prompting you in certain areas, it may be to take up an area of ministry, maybe to step out to an a person to share Christ with them or to pray for somebody who's sick. It may be to plant a new outreach. Whatever. God's been stirring things. You've been saying, no, no, no. It's time to say, come, come to God and say, okay, Lord. I hear what you're saying. Don't know how it's going to work. Don't know what's going to happen but I'm available. Don't pre-plan everything God's going to do because it'll happen differently anyway. <laughs> but as you say, yes, Lord, I'm available. I'm willing, Lord. And I invite you to come and just stand here and respond to God. Say, yes, Lord, I'm available. Father, as we just stand before you, we thank you, Lord, that before each one of us, you've set open doors. Lord, although we may see ourselves as in totally inadequate or not suited, yet we say with Isaiah, I am available. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Lord, I thank you indeed. The people that you've been speaking to can hear and respond to you. I just thank you for this, Lord, in your mighty and precious name. Breathe upon us, Lord, this morning. Holy Spirit, just hover over every one of us here in this room, those watching online. Hover over each one, Lord. Speak to each one. Lord, we just choose to make that response. Here am I, Lord. In me.
If you're standing before God and you know that yeah, I need to take a step, please take that step and come. We'd like to pray with you this morning. Come, respond to God. Not what God's calling somebody else to, it's what God's calling you to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. Lois and I um, pray for these folks that have come here. I'd ask all of you to reach out a hand towards them and be praying for them right now. We're going to take a few minutes, but if you continue to do that, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for my brother responding to you saying, here am I, Lord. Yes, and Father, I thank you indeed for your enabling. I thank you for your equipping. I thank you for preparing the way. And Lord, I thank you for leading along that way. Lord, I just bless him right now in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for my sister here. Lord, she's responding to you. Lord, a soft and sensitive heart. Holy Spirit, just in your gentle, sweet way, continue to speak into her heart. Lord, as she says, yes, Lord, here am I. Even as Mary declared, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. Father, I just thank you indeed for that response of my sister. I'm just available to you, Lord. I'm just the handmaiden of the Lord. As for Mary, she was a very powerful and incredible, significant ministry, bringing forth the Messiah. Lord, I thank you for my sister. I'm not doing that, but Lord, having very significant impact nonetheless. Father, I just bless her right now. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Holding back, not allowed to hold back. 
Father, just thank you for my sister. Thank you for hearing you opening doors and knocking at the door of her heart. Father, thank you for giving her the courage to step forward. Lord, I bless her as she does respond to you. Thank you, Lord, that you'll open, continue to open the doors. Lord, that she will hear and see. Lord, I thank you for the courage to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, here am I. Father, just thank you for this right now. And Lord, I just thank you that there's going to be people gathered around her. And she's going to feed them your word of life. They're going to be like hungry mouths wanting to receive that word of life. Lord, that's going to nourish them richly. The word, it's just like popping a treat into each mouth. Lord, I just thank you for this now in your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. I've got puppies at home that love pop a treat in their mouth. And I just see you with the people around you just feeding treats to them. Thank you, Jesus. Another one? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's just, just continue just to pray thank for those that are responding. God. Just continue to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, just thank you for my sister. Thank you for her sensitive heart, the soft heart of response to God. Lord, I bless her in your precious name. Oh, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I just sense that there's going to be a boldness of God come upon you. Where you would naturally hold back and be shy you're going to know the sense of the Holy Spirit just giving that pride there'll be a boldness and a confidence to speak forth and you can have real influence on people around you significant influence but it's, it's going to take you beyond where your natural comfort zone is but the Holy Spirit is going to give you a boldness and a confidence You'll speak words of life, and people will hear and receive. Lord, thank you for this. I bless her right now in your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Does that make sense to you? Anyone who's got a healing need this morning, this one's you to put your, your hand on whatever part is appropriate to you. 
that needs healing. And let's reach out to God. We're all together believing God. Let's reach out to God right now. The Holy Spirit is hovering over us here. Is there a sense of the Holy Spirit just hovering here? Okay. Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and as individuals are laying hands on their need, physical need within their bodies. I thank you, mighty Holy Spirit, for a release in Jesus' name. Lord, I rebuke the infirmities. I rebuke them in your mighty name. And just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. I command pain to go. Pain to go in Jesus' name. And Lord, I speak healing and restoration into areas needing that. Father, we just receive your mighty power at work. And I just thank you, Jesus. Just thank you. Thank you in your precious name.